Today on the show, we sit down with Jeremy DeHutt. He's a writer, researcher, and host. We've had him on the podcast before, but we're going to talk about something new that Appian Media is working on, and Jeremy's kind of spearheading that for us. So that's coming up on Inroads. Welcome to Inroads, where we talk about the why of Appian Media and how you can use the technology of today to spread the timeless message of the Bible. Learn more about us and watch our free video series at appianmedia.org. The Inroads podcast is sponsored by One Boat Rescue Boats. They make fire boats, rescue boats, and other watercraft for those who protect and serve. They're an awesome company, and we'll have more on One Boat later in the show. If you want to see more of their boats, visit their website at theoneboat.com slash inroads. So Jeremy, welcome back. Where you were with us for episode one, uh, beginning of the season. Beginning of the season, yeah. So, and, and then we talked about you know how you became part of Appian Media and yes. following the Messiah and searching for a King. But today we're talking about something completely new. We're, we're kind looking of, ahead. Kind of teased it. Yeah, we're looking, we were looking back at the beginning, and now That's we're right. kind of where are we going next? That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so we've decided to tackle a series on the Book of Revelation, specifically the first few chapters of the book. Why would we even want to go there? <laughs> well, why not? That might be another way to ask that <laughs> That's question. True. That's true. Um, we sat down a while ago, the whole team, and started brainstorming about what the next big project would be. And we got a lot of great ideas up on the board. Everybody brought two or three different ideas. Um, and as we started looking at that list of ideas, we started seeing some some exciting things. People were... On the team, the people were saying that we'd like to try to do something a little bit new. We've been to Israel several times now. Um, but there's a whole lot more to the Bible lands than just Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so something on Revelation would get us into Turkey to look at the seven churches of Asia at a minimum. And we were also, we had done something in the New Testament with following the Messiah. And then we touched on something with the Old Testament with searching for a king. And so we were trying to bounce back to the new. So Revelation fits in that. And then when we were looking at the the messages that we had helped tell the story of so far. We've told the story of the gospel, um, God sending his son Jesus to redeem us from our sin. We had talked about something from an apologetic approach that the the Bible is reliable. So we'd already covered those two bases. And talking about Revelation, we really wanted to think about how the Bible is relevant, how this message to this first century church that kind of closes out our canon is relevant to all of us today. So it kind of ticked all of those boxes. It gets us into a new place, um, lets us stretch our legs a little bit, gets us back into the New Testament, but then also addresses that the the message of all of the Bible is relevant even to us today. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if you've had this experience when you describe to people what we're getting ready to yeah. create, what's the typical reaction of people when you mention revelation <laughs> and how how does that inspire you to actually want to create this. Well, I remember I remember uh, when I was in my teens, there was the the Jenkins LaHaye series, the Left Behind series that started coming yep. out, which that. was really based off of a, of a certain approach to apocalyptic literature and fueled a lot of imaginations about what Revelation was talking about or what it wasn't talking about. And so normally when you say something about Revelation, everyone kind of jumps into all the figurative language and the imagery and how are you going to show that on camera Mm -hmm. and are you going to animate and are you going to like 
Yeah, their eyes get really yeah. big, and yeah. I've always wondered what that would look like. Um, <laughs> and I tell we. them Craig can't color <laughs> yeah. that fast. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. We're gonna need more animators <laughs> on set before we do. Uh, so people people get really excited, um, but I think that's also because there is there are a lot of different ideas about Revelation, mm-hmm. uh, even just from the the first couple of chapters, which is what the focus is going to be. We're not doing the whole book. We're kind of doing an introduction to Revelation. We're talking about the historical seven churches that existed in those places. We're talking about John. Where was John when God sent him the revelation through Jesus? Um, so we're trying to do like an introduction, an every man's introduction to the book. Mm-hmm. So that lets people know, like set expectations. There's not going to be some crazy CGI. There's mm-hmm. not going to be all that. No dragon. We're not going to see a no dragon. dragon. No, we're not. We're not. There's no dragon. Yeah. Next no. time. Now there is in Revelation. Right. But as far as our production, well, I don't think. I don't think we're illustrating a dragon. Animating a dragon. I'm looking at Stu. Uh, Stu, there's no dragon. There's no in this dragon, dragon in the right? 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 No, there's no, there's no dragon. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so you know, but even since um, we started talking about this amongst the team, and I've heard you and Justin specifically talk about some of the themes and some of the things that we can pull out for the for the the videos, it, it's like my my view of Revelation has changed. So yes. you know, what are you hoping that people uh, walk away from with this series. What, what do you hope they learn about the book of Revelation? So the first is to demystify it some. I mean, I think people get nervous about Revelation, and so it's one of those books that we just kind of shy away from or don't, we don't know how to handle it. So I hope by the time we're done with the project, people feel more comfortable going to the book, reading the book, understanding that there are principles and truths in there for them, and that they take uh, they take ownership of that and encouragement from that because that's the point. I mean, it's written to believers, uh, and it's a message of of ultimate victory for those who are in Christ. So hopefully at the end of the project, at the least, people will be more comfortable taking a hold of that victory and letting that inspire their daily walk. But then they're able to turn around and use that to encourage others and challenge others that they have a better picture of who Jesus is um, by the time we're done with it, because I think that was one of the big messages of hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going we're gonna to touch on that quite a bit as we go. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but I know. sure. There's, there's... And, that, and without giving away too much, but that's the thing that actually for me personally has gotten me the most excited. Yeah. When I heard you and Justin start talking about what chapter one means to you. Yes. And what John gets to see, who John yes. gets to see. So that, I... We, we skip all over that. We do. When we yeah. think about Revelation, yeah. we rarely think about chapters 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. People want to just, what is 4 through the rest? Right. Yeah, yeah, and there's amazing stuff in, in 4 through the rest. Um, what I was really encouraged by, you know, after all of the people that have written in the last several decades about Revelation and what it means and how it's being fulfilled and all that kind of stuff, I was a little hesitant about a year and a half ago. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. My oldest son and I started a coffee shop study going through Revelation because he wasn't familiar with it. So he and I started studying it, inviting friends Mm -hmm. to come. And every time I study a book, I grab a new commentary. And I was hesitant because my bookshelf is loaded with commentaries on Revelation. Missed prophecies all over the place Uh uh, Mm -hmm. because they're trying to make some kind of modern application to uh, those specific prophecies. Uh, So I was really hesitant, like, I'm going to hear more of the same. But the, the writer of this commentary was really, really encouraging. And the, one of the things that made it so was he did such a great job rooting it in the context of the original author, you know, John, to the original recipients, those churches of Asia, 
and and what message was God sending through Jesus and John to them? Um, and he did such a great practical job with that. Uh, that was really helpful this time around. I was like, we need to do this. Like, this is part mm-hmm. of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about this series and about uh, Revelation is that, you know, we're still living in Revelation now. And, you know, the churches that uh, are mentioned in the first couple chapters in chapters two and three, they they suffer from a lot of the same problems that mm-hmm. we do today. So what do you think that we as people sitting in the United States of America in 2020 can learn from a group of churches in another part of the world that this is, this is 2,000 years ago. Yeah, and I think that's the, I think the phrase that we're using for this project is searching for a king helped establish or not establish, uh, searching for a king helped demonstrate that God's word is reliable. But this project is helping to demonstrate that God's word is relevant. Mm. God's word is relevant. Yeah. Mm. And so to, to disciples as they go through, um, they're latching onto those big pictures of victory, of hope. They're relating to the saints from the first century. You know, what, so to your point, Stu, what they were going through, we go through the sim, uh, similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as those people face temptation, as they face compromise, as they face adversity, as they face whatever, those are not unique to the first century. That's what everyone experiences. And we need to figure out how to, how to overcome those things in Christ as well. So the same hope that, that God and Christ gave John for those folks, those are, that's the same hope that is our hope. So It makes sense. Yeah. So one more question before we go to the break. What sure. do you hope people, once this is released— what do you hope people take away from trial and triumph? Mm. That God speaks into everyday life. That, that God's word, God's inspired word, speaks into everyday life. That he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And that it's all relevant. You know, that I think every generation has a group of people that try to say that it's not. That we're so far removed by geography or history or, or time that it's not relevant to us anymore. But... If it really is inspired, if it is, really is God-breathed, then it's timeless. The, the truths and the principles are timeless. Mm-hmm. And so you can go to any section of the Bible. You can go all the way back to Genesis. You can grab truths from Job, you know, the wisdom literature, any of it. There's, there are principles in there for us that he means for us to benefit from. That is so awesome and so, so true. Needed so for needed for today. Mm. So needed. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I've been encountering in the last few years that say, yeah, but the Bible doesn't talk about fill in the blank. Uh, the Bible doesn't really address addictions or pornography or like it does. The, the really Bible the penetrates to the heart. The, the Bible will address the issues of the heart and those issues yep. of the heart out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know, we act on and what we do is based off of what's going on inside of us. And God's word addresses both of those what's going on inside of us, and what we do based on what's going on inside of us. So, yeah, God's Word certainly speaks to those things. It might not use the exact same words or terms, but the, but the concepts are definitely there. Mm-hmm. That makes it so powerful, yeah. So coming up after the break, we'll hear Jeremy's thoughts about how this documentary and material can present a unique opportunity for your evangelistic efforts. That's coming up. We're thrilled to have One Boat Rescue Boat sponsoring this week's podcast. They're based in Athens, Alabama, and make multi-purpose rescue boats for fire departments, military use, other public servants. 
Thanks to One Boat Rescue Boats for sponsoring the Inroads podcast. Visit their website at theoneboat.com slash inroads. You can also find more information about our sponsors in this episode's show notes. Okay, so I want to talk about some specifics of uh, what you envision people being able to do with Trial and Triumph uh, in their evangelistic efforts. What do you want them to do with it? Where do you want them to take it? And how do you... Yeah, so let's just talk about evangelism as a, as a concept for a second. I think when people hear the word evangelism, what they think is uh, conversations with non-believers. And that's certainly a primary focus of evangelism. You know, Jesus sending the apostles out in Matthew chapter 28, um, telling them to go and make disciples of all nations. But evangelism also involves helping existing believers change and grow. So over in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, one of the roles that Jesus gave the church was the role of an evangelist that was supposed to be used for the building up of the body and the maturing of that body. So certainly understanding those two nuances or those two aspects to evangelism, as far as reaching out to nonbelievers, one of the messages of Revelation is repent. I mean, if you are not yet Mm -hmm. in the kingdom of Christ, and the kingdom of Christ is the one that is victorious because of Jesus, then you want to be in that kingdom. Because the end is not pretty for those who are not inside of that kingdom. And, and Revelation is just brutally clear about that. If we have not received the atoning work of Jesus, then it doesn't look good. Uh, so for those who are not in Christ, use Revelation to talk about that, that, that there is a final day of judgment. Um, God has been judging all along in these different events through history, and we want to be on the victorious side, the, the side that's redeemed, the side that gets to spend eternity with God. So that's, that's one aspect. The other aspect, back in the context of the book, is we're trying to help believers change and grow. So we're trying to help Christians become more confident in their faith, live more victoriously, to realize that their Lord has already overcome, and that if he's overcome, then we just need to stay with him and, and endure. That's one of the themes of Revelation to endure whatever it is that we're going through in a godly, honorable way, God-glorifying way. Um, So to do both of those things, to help convict and encourage those who need to repent and believe to do that, but those who already have to endure and hang on and stay victorious. And so you're addressing both groups of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're evangelist as well. So how do you plan on using this material? So like what we just did um, this last year, I personally love the, the one-on-one studies, the small group studies, the coffee shop or home studies, or the small groups at, uh, uh, at church. And so with this kind of material, playing an episode or the section of an episode that corresponds mm-hmm. with a study guide and using that to dig deeper into the text. You know, everything that we create comes along with the study guide to help you slow down and be more thoughtful and get into the, into the word more. Uh, so I can see using the material, the videos, and the study guide in all of those settings. Um, especially in the more personal settings. You start asking people what they're currently going through. Uh, that's an intimate question. Um, so making sure you're in an environment where people feel safe sharing those kinds of things instead of just assuming. Um, so I can see using it that way. Yeah. And knowing how you've used some of our uh, other material, the following the Messiah and searching for a king, um, do you envision that this is something that could be used for both adults and for kids because we tend to think of revelation as oh that's the really heavy meaty Mm -hmm. complex stuff yeah i don't know how many children's classes cover revelation very no could you use it i think i think usually 
uh, a part of this has to do with uh, the the educational level of my writing. I've never been accused of writing on a college level, <laughs> you know, kind of like the ESV or whatever version. Yeah. I'm kind of like hovering down here. Part of that's uh, intentional because that's who we're trying to hit. We want to make sure that it's simple enough that the average person can grab it. We're not writing to academics. We're yeah. writing or ac- academia. We're writing to lay people. Um, so, yeah, I can see junior high kids, high school kids um, at that level being able to benefit from the study guide for mm-hmm. sure. College age and adult, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's been true with most of the stuff that we've written so far. Yeah. yeah. And each time, though, I am surprised to hear of younger audiences watching our Me stuff too. than we intended. Like that's not exactly who we were it. shooting for, right. but it, right. still, it still engages them. Right. And I'll say those, that demographic, that age group, needs to hear heavy things too. Yes, they do. Um, so we just, we just recently, our family, invested in a small board book set three books and there it's, I think the idea is big theology for little minds Mm. and that's cool. And it just gives a word like God or Jesus or Holy spirit or atonement and a one sentence definition with a a graphic, you know? And the idea behind that is little kids are absorbing theology too. They need those truths too. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds like my appropriate level. (laughs) That's a Stuart level. (laughs) One word and a sentence to describe it. That's That's right. With a a shiny picture. (laughs) Yes. Shiny picture. A coloring page. I need need a coloring coloring page. page. So you never know. I mean, you never know what the folks uh, who are watching are going to grab, especially those younger ones. Mm -hmm. Which really just further emphasizes the fact that the Bible is for everyone, for all ages. It needs to be packaged and presented yeah. in different ways for different kids. But Well, you, you think about sermons. I mean, it's just that way. Uh, you've got a range of ages and educational level and all kinds of stuff, and you're, you're, you're hoping everybody's getting something. You yeah. don't know mm-hmm. what that thing is, but everyone's getting something. Yeah. So I guess uh, one of the last questions I want to ask is, what final encouragement do you have for those that are wanting to grow in their evangelistic efforts mm. um, and they want to reach more people with God's word? What advice can you give? What can they try? What techniques would you recommend? I'll tell you, over over the years, um, especially the last four or five, the one that convicts me the most, and we cover we cover this section of scripture in following the Messiah, is the the healing of the demoniac over in Mark chapter five. And the the other gospels let us know that there were two men that approached Jesus from the graveyard, but Mark only focuses on the one who had legion. And after casting the legion out into the swine, um, that man wanted to travel with Jesus away from where he was. So when Jesus got well, went to get back in the boat, the man begged to go with Jesus, and Jesus told him no, but to go home and tell everybody the incredible things that God had done for him. And I think that's an, that's an evangelistic verse. Um, and it's a humbling verse, especially for those who spend a lot of time uh, studying. And we are evangelists because really it's just a common guy. Doesn't know a whole lot, frankly, about Jesus. All he knows is what Jesus has done specifically for him. But that's how evangelism starts. You don't need to know all the theology in the world. You don't have to answer or be able to answer every single question someone might Mm-hmm. Um, all you need to do is be able to share with somebody what, what God has done for you. Um, same idea over in John chapter 9 with the blind man. There's a lot about Jesus he doesn't know. I mean, he hadn't seen Jesus yet. But mm-hmm. one thing, and I love how he words it, there's one thing I do know. Everybody knows one thing. You know, I was blind, but now I see. 
And then you just build from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you engage with people, as they ask questions, um, you dig in. You know, you might not have the answers at first, but you know someone who does, and that's God. And so you look it up together, and you research it together, mm-hmm. and you study it together. It doesn't have to be super overly complicated, and it's not based on all the tools and kits. And it's, that's not where evangelism starts. It's, it's, it starts with just sharing what God's done for you and what you do know. Love that. I think that's, mm-hmm. and that is, that is the foundation. Yeah. The, the fact that evangelism doesn't require you to memorize the Bible or know every nuance, but yeah. it starts with what God has done for you. So, yeah. yeah. It I grows. That. I mean, over yeah. time, as your mm-hmm. faith in God deepens, your knowledge base will have to deepen. Yeah. And as people ask you questions, you're going to go looking for answers. But um, you don't want to stop waiting until you think you have all the You'll never have all the answers. Mm-hmm. You just you try to look for the answers for the questions that you have or people have posed, and you just you go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us, and we're very excited about Trial and Triumph. We know you're doing a lot oh, of work. Oh, yeah, I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah, <laughs> we're all ready to ready to go and ready to produce this thing. So um, we will look for more on Trial and Triumph. In, thank you, guys. Yeah. So Inroads is a production of Appian Media. We're a nonprofit video production company that is 100% crowdfunded. If you're interested in learning more about how you can support Appian Media so we can continue to create more great free content, visit us at appianmedia.org inroads. Join us on the next episode as we talk with more diligent workers that are using media and technology to reach people with God's timeless message.